welcome once again to Central F Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows. One of the shows that we have up online, well, they're up 24-7. If you're online, you're 24-7. And uh, they're at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. Uh, we are still running and will continue to run with our radio loop. You find that at the same address. It's the uh, second link, and that's the uh, that's the uh, thing. That thing, huh? It is the version of this show running in a continuous loop that lets you just kind of uh, open the door and uh, peek in, get an idea of where it's at at that moment. You're you're late for class. And you're not sure whether you want to sit in and audit it and, and just want to, geez, you know, it, it, oh, I, I, I'm, in, I'm in the multiplex. I've, I've seen the movie I saw, and gee, I think I can kind of maybe sneak into this one. No one's going to, do I really want to see this one? You stick your head in, you walk down the aisle, you stand on the side before, you know, before you go into those uh, theater-type seats that they have, and you just sort of look and you say, oh, that looks interesting. And you make a decision whether you're going to do something totally nefarious and absolutely illegal. I mean, I'm not sure it's criminal, whatever it is. Uh, well, maybe this is, there's no criminality or not even a hint of it involved here. But the idea is you can uh, stick around once you've checked out the radio loop, decide and stay with it to the end, and then start back at the beginning again, if you like. Or do it the way most Americans and, well... Most people around the world, we, we have an, a, a rather strong international listenership, and I've mentioned on several occasions that most of that these days, it's varied over the last seven years, but these days we have a very large listenership within Germany. Rather interesting. Still, still trying to get my arms around all of that, but I welcome you and I welcome everyone who's listening. Um, interesting. Interesting what's been happening. It is, okay, it is the 9th of February. Uh, it is going to be here in the, in, the, in the lower Hudson Valley, where we are over here in New York, right near the Hudson River. The light, of course, is still not up. Well, I say, of course. You don't know what time it is uh, that I'm doing this, but let's just say there's no light yet. It's dark out. And uh, the day is supposed to be delightful. Today, tomorrow, and Sunday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we are looking at temperatures uh, well into the 50s, close to 60 possibly tomorrow, I understand. And that's completely um, out of the norm for February in New York, and certainly this part of New York, well, any part of New York for that matter. Uh, a chance, I'm told again, of somewhere in Monday or Tuesday, precipitation. Now they're saying there's a cold front. There may even be snow mixed in, but the temperatures will get too high for it to stick. It may come down for a while. It'll be rain. Maybe it's, it's, it's February. It's New York. It's interesting weather. That's, uh, that's, that's what we can usually predict about over here. There's, there's nothing average or usual about New York weather. It's good or it's bad. But average, no. That, that's just not what New York is one way or the other. 
what I can also tell you with some certainty is that there's been some annoying, I mean really annoying developments uh, in the last, oh, 24 hours or so. Two things. I, I'm, I'm going to start with the special counsel report that was written and issued by a guy named Hui, I think. Is that how he pronounces his name? You may recall, and, and, and you know what I'm going to, you, you know I will get into the, uh, the discussion, into the arguments that were made before the Supreme Court yesterday concerning whether Colorado's outright ban of Trump on the presidential ticket based on the clear and obvious language of section three of the 14th amendment, whether they should be allowed to make that decision. And, and what I heard coming out of the justices was unfortunately what I expected, but no less uh, annoying and, 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 and just a total dereliction of their duty as Supreme Court justices, and you know what the final decision is probably going to be, but we'll get to that second. First, the special counsel's report from this guy, I think his name was Huey, and, and I can't think of his first name, but it was given to Merrick Garland, and this was a special counsel that was appointed to investigate classified documents that were held by Joe Biden. You'll recall that besides Donald Trump having uh, classified documents, well, Mike Pence had classified documents, Joe Biden had classified documents, but the big, 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 big difference being that once they were discovered to be in his possession, once by whatever investigatory power of the Department of Justice, it was realized that these documents were there. Once they were told, hey, Mr. Former Vice President, Mr. Current President, or Mr. Former Vice President, in the case of Pence, you've got classified documents, we want them back instantly. No questions asked, yes, take them back, sorry. I have them, and that is something that I should not have in my possession. They're yours, go for it. Huge, massive difference between that and the Trump situation. When Donald Trump is asked whether or not he's holding classified documents, whether he should be giving them back after an audit is done of documents, and this is not long after he leaves the White House. His response is, I don't have anything. Or, or I have some things, but here they are, and you just take these and that's it. And then he goes on to hide documents, to lie about hiding documents, to encourage other people to lie about documents, to encourage other people to hide those documents, and to encourage his counsel, his attorneys, to sign affidavits to the effect that, he's, that are, in essence, lies about classified documents. You know, they, they, you know, MAGA means, uh, you know, they, 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 the joke is uh, that, that basically it's, uh, you know, oh, how did it work? It was about attorneys, uh, make, oh, makes attor make attorneys get attorneys, or, you know, something along that, those lines. 
uh, you just basically can't work for Donald and do what he says because you will invariably get screwed and the, the you will be churned over and changed over. And he's running out of anyone or anything that might even be decent for representation purposes, especially as he gets deeper into these 91 criminal counts against him. But the, again, the, the huge, huge, huge difference between uh, Mike Pence, Joe Biden, and Donald Trump when it comes to the retention of classified documents, that when asked by the Department of Justice to return what they determined, what they, through whatever investigatory process they went through, to return those classified documents. In the case of both Pence and Biden, yep, here they are, turn them over, no questions asked, done, no hiding, no nothing, it's there, it's finished, it's over. Trump goes through a whole process of trying to lie, conceal, obfuscate, uh, have his attorneys lie, conceal, obfuscate, make, a make people at Mar-a-Lago lie and conceal, God knows wherever else he might have shipped documents. Massive difference. The result being that Donald ultimately gets indicted. Jack Smith indicts him. In the case of Joe Biden and Mike Pence, no, they're not. Now, because Joe Biden was basically the object of a special counsel investigation. You've got to stick with me on this. This gets, a little, this gets a little convoluted, but bear with me. Under the special counsel uh, statute, as it exists currently, there is a report that must be issued to the attorney general. Okay, the Attorney General appoints the special counsel, Merrick Garland appointed him, and this was for the purpose of reviewing what, what, whatever was done or not done or the entire history of what happens with Joe Biden and classified documents that were in his possession from the period just after his vice presidency, when he was vice president under Barack Obama. Okay, that's when these documents apparently came into his possession. What happened? Why did it happen? What were the results of the investigation? What did the special counsel decide? How, how did Biden perform? What was asked of him? What did he produce? What was there? What was his intent? What did he seem to be? Blah, blah, blah. And the report that's supposed to be issued should be defending one way or the other, the ultimate decision being made by the special counsel to convict, well, to indict or not. That, that's really the issue here. Now, Mike Pence was not indicted. Joe Biden, as you know now, was not indicted. Donald Trump was. Trump went out of his way to lie, steal, conceal, uh, conspire with all, all those things. No such activity on the part of Mike Pence or Joe Biden. And in the executive summary of this, uh, of this report, it's, it, it begins from the very beginning. I, I'm not going to indict because, well, there's just not reason for indictment on this. And then it goes into a bit more detail. But the, but the report itself is thick. I, I don't know. It's several hundred pages. Key within there 
is that there was no effort made, no intent to conceal, and that the likelihood that, that Biden, uh, on, uh, that simply stating he forgot he had these documents or something to that effect would be ultimately uh, something a jury might feel sympathetic towards. That seems like an odd statement to throw in a special counsel report. And it, it, it is, in a way, but under the special counsel regulation, and I, and I say this because of a headline that appeared in the New York Post today, this morning, you know, uh, uh, words to the effect, but, uh, they quoted something from this report. Uh, I should have it in front of me, I don't, but it's basically, it came down to Biden is old and forgetful, something like that, and they quoted that as being from Jack Way. Can't remember anything. Exactly what you don't want to say. Now, seeing that in the headline of the New York Post as a result of this report handed from Huey to, uh, to, to Merrick Garland, clearly they found the line that they wanted to be able to damage and hurt uh, Biden. He's not being hurt on a criminal level. He's not being hurt on a judicial level they, because there's nothing to, there's no indictment. There's going to be no trial, nothing else. He did nothing criminal. There's no there there. With Trump, there's plenty of there there. It's all over the place. With, with Pence, and I, I just bring him up for, for purpose of putting people who were president or vice president and just showing the different cases, same thing. No criminal intent, no attempt to conceal, to hide, no there there that would merit a criminal prosecution. Think back to about 10 days before the 2016 election. Do you remember what Jim Comey, the then Attorney General, did? Comey also had been investigating Hillary's laptop. It had gone back and forth and Trump had put it there, or whoever, no, not Trump, uh, whoever had put it there, the Republicans who had the Congress and the Senate at that point. And it was back and forth, and Comey, who was still the attorney, who was a Republican, but was held on by Donald, by uh, Barack Obama, is basically out there, and he just can't quite make a criminal case against Hillary Clinton. It wasn't going to happen. He didn't have the meat. They never did. There was never anywhere near enough there there to indict Hillary Clinton for anything about her laptop. So, 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 so what does Comey do? Jim Comey turns around and then starts saying, well, there is, I, I, it would be unfair of me not to say that there are questions once again being raised about the laptop. The laptop and Benghazi and everything else had been put to bed. But Jim Comey, where he can't, he can't screw her, he can't mess her up in, in, a, in a criminal way, which is, his, which is his area of expertise. This is where he's supposed to be. Grabs a headline 
and basically raises the laptop all over the place saying that more information has, has come my way concerning other emails that are or may have been out there as well. Again, knowing, we found later, knowing full well that there was no possibility of any of that bringing him back to a position where he could or should indict Hillary for her laptop. He knew that. We find that out later on. But by saying this, by saying there may be other emails, by saying it 10 days before the election and claiming, well, you know, I, 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 I had to make a decision and I felt it was only fair that I say what was out there. I, I, I saw it and it would have been unfair if later on it came out that basically uh, this stuff uh, was there and it had criminal uh, implications and everything else. And I felt it was only, it, by doing what he did, he went against every single standard of the Justice Department relative to releasing information that could affect a presidential candidate anywhere near that close to election, much less 10 days earlier. And he knew there was nothing there at the time. That came out later. And, well, we know what happened. Hillary lost the election, won the popular vote by about 3 million, and basically uh, lost in areas where it could have and should have gone the other way. But no, well, we can't say with any conclusiveness that it was Comey's statements that basically brought her down, where she, she should, I mean, by every indication, she should have, everyone just was assuming Hillary was gonna win that election. But the Comey statement has to be taken into account as a factor in all this, 10 days before the election. Back to what we're talking about right now with the situation with Huey, this guy that just put this out, the special counsel, and Merrick Garland. Now, Merrick Garland is where uh, Jim Comey was. And I absolutely find, I find it gratuitous that this guy Huey has to sort of start thinking about, well, you know, I think he'd be sort of a sympathetic person to a jury, and that even if we try to indict the guy to say, and then try him and say that, geez, you know, he was, he consciously took those uh, uh, documents in the first place, and he consciously held them forever and ever and ever, and basically was looking to do something with his being an old man and, and having sort of an odd memory, and I kind of got that sense about him as I talked to him, says Huey, in this special counsel report, I think we'd have a hard time doing this, and I just don't think that there is, a, a, there, there is not a strong enough case that we could possibly make that could get a conviction, and of course we're out to get convictions, not just to pester and do nasty things to people. Okay, and of course, what gets picked up by the New York Post? The fact that he, well, I, I was talking to an old guy who basically has a bad memory. That gets picked up. But, but why did it get picked up? How, how could it be picked up? Well, there's another step here, and that additional step is that Merrick Garland decides 
that he's going to... Now, Garland could have decided to release just the summary of this. This is Garland's report. It goes to Merrick Garland. He could decide to release the summary alone. He could decide to, 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 to encapsulate. He could release the executive summary. He decides to release the entire damned report. And that entire report, if you are looking for something to, to, to hold over Joe Biden, of course, if you're the New York Post or if you're going to be all of the Republican ad makers who are going to be doing all of the TV ads, you know, you know that we're going to be hearing about the report from special counsel Way that says that Biden would have been an old guy with a bad memory, and that's going to be there again and again and again. And the fact that it was released even by the Attorney General of the United States let that out. Why on earth would Merrick Garland, and this is really, this is really the crux of the matter, why would Merrick Garland, who was supposed to be fair and honest and thoughtful and has to know all the history that goes with Jim Comey and everything else, and, and Garland has a reputation for being one of the most thoughtful and, and, and plottingly cautious human beings in the world. What on earth could compel this guy to release a report that he has to know, everyone has to know exactly what will be picked up by the enemies of Joe Biden, and it's going to be some great red meat for the masses. Why the hell would he release that report in its entirety? I can think of really only one reason, that he knows eventually he would be accused of hiding that statement in the report. Somehow that report would become public. Someone in justice, someone on some committee, some congressional committee will be looking at this, maybe the, 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 the House Judiciary Committee, maybe the Senate Judiciary, someone's going to see this and they're going to go through it and, aha, Merrick Garland was trying to hide this statement. Now, I, I, I already said, I, I believe... And I'm not, you know, I'm not happy to say this, but I believe that Huey, the, the, the special counsel, had every right to have an opinion in there about why uh, Joe Biden would not be a, 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 an appropriate object for prosecution. I have every, I, I, he had a right to do that. I'm not happy about that, but in the, uh, the way our special counsel uh, law is set up right now, the statute that allows for special counsels, it's expected that the council, the special counsel, will go into pretty good and pretty solid detail on why they believe a person should or should not be indicted. And again, it's back to Merrick Garland, the attorney general. Do I release this document or don't I? And I'm saying my, my only conclusion here is that Garland is saying, well, okay, I'm, I'm nine months out, ten months out from an election. I know that I'm going to be blamed and I will be accused of being partisan and working on behalf of Joe Biden if I don't put out this information. I, I know that, that it, can be, it will be used against the president if I do. 
But if I don't, I feel that might even be more damaging because it'll show a bias on my part. And this guy, and, and granted, Huey, who was a lifelong Republican, a total Republican, and I, I think I should, have, I should have said that up front, but if I don't say what's out there, I'm going to be accused, and I think, now, whether he would have said in his mind, and I think it'll be worse for the president if I withhold this document in its entirety. I, 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 I don't want to get deeper into Garland's mind. But the way he decided it, he, I, I can imagine him doing this, looking at the special counsel regulation, realizing the report is there, knowing that there are negatives in there, but knowing that Huey was within his rights to express his opinion about why this would not be a successful prosecution if Biden, in fact, were indicted. Knowing all that, Merrick Garland still decided, no, it, it's, it's best to release the whole report. Is that going to be some kind, is this, will this report ultimately be nothing but pure damage to Joe Biden in his re-election effort against the criminal Donald Trump? 91 indictment, Donald Trump. Will this really hurt Joe in his election efforts? And once again, I'm, I'm going to step out of what people might imagine my lane to be over here, or, or at least my position, what my predictable position might be. And I will go back to something that I've said many times. We, we have this constant need to interpret the moment, the second, and extrapolate outward to the future, the past, and everything. We, we want everything to be resolved in the very second in which we see it because we're being fed so much information and so much disinformation from the other side that we want anything good on our side to basically be predictive of everything that's going to happen in the future. Anything bad from our side, explain it as being somebody's nefarious intent, what, what, but, but extrapolate outward. And God knows, don't look at the larger picture or don't try to imagine where this might be going in the future. I think, I'm, I may be the only person in the world saying this right now, certainly this morning, Maybe more people will be saying it uh, as, the sun, as, as the sky grows a little clearer here in the lower Hudson Valley. It's, we're getting a little, a little daylight coming up right now, the first signs of dawn. They'll be coming a good hour and a half earlier, I think. No, yeah, at least an hour and a half earlier in just a few more weeks. I think that having Merrick Garland do this underscores a... An interesting point. One of the greatest things, what, Donald Trump's single greatest and, and, and most consistent claim for why he is being prosecuted is that it's because he wants, he's being persecuted by Joe Biden. 
that this entire thing, that everything that's happening through the Justice Department, Merrick Garland's Justice Department, Jack Smith, everything else, is part of a witch hunt. And that witch hunt is a conscious effort on the part of Biden and his administration to make sure that Donald Trump never gets into the White House again. I want to see how that argument can continually be made, how you can continue saying that once you've made the additional argument or once you have to admit the fact that the only reason you know the quote that the New York Post has this morning is that Merritt Garland, that Merritt Garland, the guy who's supposed to be leading the witch hunt, released a document in its entirety knowing full well that part of what was said could be used and would be used, most definitely would be used against Joe Biden, but released it anyway in the interest of fairness, in the interest of being balanced, in the interest of saying the truth, in the interest of following through with what he knew the special counsel law demanded, namely this report, and knowing that if he didn't release it, it would be that much more, it would be that much worse for Biden. He would be, Merritt Garland would be accused of basically being uh, in, in cahoots with Biden and in collusion with Biden to try to prevent this information that Hui put in there about uh, Hui's personal observation not his professionals, God knows, I don't think he's a psychiatrist or psychologist, but his personal observation that Joe Biden would probably be a sympathetic witness for a jury and there'd never be a conviction one way or the other. But by the way, on top of all that, there was no criminality in anything that Joe Biden did. Okay? So... What happens now when Trump continues once, and you got nine months here, folks. You got nine more months. And yes, the Post will put that out there again, and yes, there'll be ads, but when they get face-to-face, -face, and even in, in, Trump, in, in, in Biden's ads, he can say, you think I'm controlling this guy? You really think that I am controlling Merrick Garland? and telling him what to say and do? Are you out of your mind? But Donald Trump may be. As, as I say, as I say, I may be the only person in, 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 the, in the political realm of, of, of media or anywhere else right now or any place that's suggesting this as an outcome, as a result. And in doing this, I, I, again, you could say, well, you know, Merrick, geez, Merrick Garland is going out of his way by, by allowing the most uncomplimentary material in the world on, on Joe Biden to be released. He's, he's basically, uh, he, he's, he's letting everybody in on the stuff that Huey said, and he basically, uh, he's, 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 he's purposely damaging his own boss. No. No, he's putting out the document that was handed to him in the interest of full disclosure, even if it contains problematic language for the President of the United States. And in so doing, coincidentally proving 
making the point that I am not in here to protect Joe and be his hitman. No holes barred, nothing but good, nothing but damaging Trump, nothing but supporting Biden. That's not my job, says Merrick Garland. I am a free actor. And if you think for a second that the relationship between me and Joe Biden is like the relationship between what Jim Comey had with, with, with Donald Trump, and if you think I'm going to perform like that, if you think I'm going to do the, the reverse of what Jim Comey did simply because now we have to, or, or do precisely what Comey did, because we have to, as a, that I, I have to now, uh, I have to do something to hurt Trump and can't let anything else out. Well, you're wrong. You're wrong. I'm doing my job. And this is how I see it. Now, having said that, Boy, I, he damn well better continue the prosecutions with all uh, alacrity and speed, and he, he better be supporting uh, Jack Smith in every conceivable way. But that's what I see. I see ultimately that this cuts the legs out from under Trump. If this is played correctly, if the communication of this information is played correctly, it can be the proof that there is absolutely no merit. It is stupid. It's asinine for Donald to claim that there's a witch hunt and that Biden and Merrick Garland are in cahoots to get him. This is the antithesis of that. You can't say that and also have the information that, that Merrick Garland released today. I may be a voice of one saying this, but I'm also being... I'm being hopeful that the Democrats can find a way to make this argument this way. And to be perfectly honest, it's the, it's the, the, it's the, the best, it's the best possible spin I can give myself on what happened. But I think it will happen this way. I think, I think it's worth considering that this defeats the Trump bullshit line about, you know, witch hunt and everything else, which Donald's always going to say one way or the other. He'll, he'll say it. He'll, he'll find other ways to say it. But it, 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 this is how the Democrats counter all this, if they really, really feel the need to. And we're still nine months out. Remember, we're nine months out over here. There's a lot that can happen. A lot more happened yesterday as well, by the way. The Supreme Court heard arguments about whether or not the state of Colorado, the Secretary of State of the state of Colorado, should be allowed to declare, based, based on, on a ruling and a finding of the court, the Supreme Court of Colorado, their highest court, cases were brought, and it was decided, it was determined and I, was it a split decision? I forget if it was the entire court or what, but it was found that Donald Trump basically fell within the guidelines, within the, the mandate of Section 3 of Article 14 of the Constitution that says, in essence, that no one, no 
officer of the United States. They tried making a thing about, well, he's not an officer, he's a president. No, he's an officer of the United States. No officer who has either been part of or encouraged or given comfort to insurrectionists. No one that matches that description to be active, active insur insurgent, giving aid and comfort to insurgents. No one in any of that realm may hold future office within the United States. You can't be, you can, and you know, you just can't be. I mean, it, it'd be like, it would be like, you know, Jefferson Davis after the Civil War decided, well, you know, I was president of the Confederacy. I think it'd be nice to run for the presidency of the United States right now. I'm going to run. Yeah, I, and I think I'll just lie about, you know, I, I was forced to do it and it was difficult and I didn't really mean to be, you know, uh, uh, breaking away and everything. It was tough. And I think basically there's, there's a lot to be, vote for me. No, no Jefferson Davis. No, no generals. No, no politicians. No, no members of the, of the, of the, of the Confederate Congress or anyone else. No, you basically broke your oath. You went ahead and you were part of an insurgency or gave comfort to those who were members of an insurgency. You may not hold off. Doesn't say you have to be convicted of that. It says, if you did, no, 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 uh, no conviction required to verify that. It doesn't say who, <coughs> who may or may not find that you, uh, that you were in violation of Article 14, Section 3. It is, as many parts of the Constitution, as most of the Constitution is, self-actuating. With no further, with no further mechanism for making this happen, the fact that someone fits into that realm is a sufficient reason for them to be held to its its dicta. Okay, now the court yesterday basically heard arguments that well, geez, if we if if we allow Colorado, who has found this by their own internal judicial process, if we allow Colorado to keep them off the ballot, well, then one state will have determined the fact that, a, that, that one person, we can't, we don't, they don't want to say the president, the former president and the current 91 count indictment, blah, blah, blah. Remember, we've got a six to three court. Three of the current members were reported by Trump. Two of them lied about what they would do with Roe v. Wade during their, their confirmation hearings. Uh, Alito, uh, Thomas and, 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 uh, uh, and, and the other one there, Alito basically have taken all kinds of hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of either gifts or vacations and everything on behalf of or from the generosity of large Republican donors. Now, now so we, we don't want to come right out and say, oh, by the way, you know, Donald, yeah, we, we realize he's under 91 counts right now. And well, we, you know, we got to be careful. No, no, none of that was mentioned. In fact, no criminal, very little was mentioned even about uh, the, in, the, uh, the insurrection. It was all about whether or not, and it certainly was, there was no defense of Donald in that regard. It was all about the process involved here. Now, if Colorado, if, if it's not good, if it's not, if it, no, nah, it doesn't work, that Colorado, one state alone can basically um, demand this, dictate this, well, then every other state could do it too. And, and, and the court seemed to be saying we want something more than just one state doing this. Now, there's, 
the court is not in a position and should not be in a position to dictate how a, a specific provision of the Constitution will be brought into play. There's nothing in that provision, nothing in the Constitution that says, well, Article 14, Section 3 doesn't count unless the entire uh, Congress has voted on it. But the court seemed to be interested in doing that and hearing it like that. We, we would rather get this case after it had been voted on by the Congress. Well, well, what if the Congress did something like this? And, and I don't know that this was said specifically, but this was brought up by some commentator, and it's a perfectly valid point. What if, just like the last time around, as the, 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 the beginning of the insurrection, the attempt not to count the votes, what if the Congress, while the votes are supposed to be counted, decides that Donald cannot be on the... What if they decided after the election, only, and they only had a chance to do it after the election, what if they decide then, just before the counts, the, 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 the votes are counted, that no, no, Donald's, Donald's not on there. And they go ahead and therefore they make him invalid. What, it's, no, no one says, no one says when it can, it can, that this point can be made. It doesn't say that, that any particular group, either the, uh, the court, the Supreme Court of Colorado or the Congress, must make this decision about when he would be on the ballot by a certain time before the election. It doesn't say that. It says that he can't hold office. But it leaves everything else up to, I imagine, the rational interpretation of what's there. So let's just say that the Congress, just like when they were doing the counting of the ballots of the electoral ballot, said at that point in 20, this would be in 2025, um, no, uh, no, 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 no. Donald was in violation, therefore uh, he can't be president. Maybe he won, let's imagine he won. Can't be president. And the Congress says that's the deal. At that point, is that when the Supreme Court wants to get the case? It would go to the Supreme Court. It would be chaos. It would be crazy. But is that when the Supreme Court wants to get this case? Only when we have total and utter chaos in the country, when, when, to, when basically you've already gone down the entire electoral path and you've already brought Donald Trump in, and then the Congress decides, no, we don't want him. Is that, is that what you want to see, Supreme Court? And I don't know that that argument was made. I hope it was. I didn't listen to the entire, uh, to the entire uh, all the arguments that were being made yesterday. But that's what the, what the Supreme Court, they're, they're saying, we don't want to touch this. We, we don't want it in front of us now. Uh, yeah, one state's Supreme Court is too little, but, but we don't want to think about what might be too much. We don't want to think about when. We, we, well, they did it now. They did it actually a few months ago. Uh, and, and, well, the effect would be one way or the other. Whenever this would happen and whatever body basically makes the determination, it's going to find its way to the fucking Supreme Court. It's going to be in our laps one way or the other. This is the reality. And, well, if we don't want to deal with it now 
because, well, we could say it was only one, one, one court. When would we deal with it? When it becomes a total national crisis? When all hell is broken loose? When will we actually read the Constitution? We, uh, from the conservative side, we, we absolutists, we, we originalists, we, we believers in the original language of the Constitution. When will you actually read it and understand that it deserves to be enforced precisely as it's written and that Donald Trump, as proved by all of the people who have been indicted and convicted and in many of them jailed and they're in federal courts for doing precisely what he told them to do. And none of that was argued yesterday. No one said, oh, well, he didn't say it. He didn't. No. The whole thing came down to can you really let one little court in one little state make a decision like that? Because, gee, it would affect everybody. Gee, Donald is an insurrectionist. And the 14th Amendment, the third section thereof, says he can't run again. Period. And it was this slithering, slippery uh, effort to basically not have to deal with anything. And I heard this play out in part yesterday. I've read some of the transcript. I heard some of it. It is disgusting. And if the Supreme Court is wondering why their, their popularity, their, their favorable rating is down to something like 20, no, I think it's down to something like 26% or 30%, which is abysmal, if only that many people believe in the Supreme... Well, this is going to make it even less. Far, far less. And granted, yesterday, the decision was not rendered yesterday. The decision was not rendered. God, God, God ho I, I, well, I can only hope that they'll render a decision on this quickly, make the point, prove what a bunch of lily-livered, spineless cowards they are, I hope this is, I hope this is not uh, anything more than 6-3. It could be 7-2. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to play out. I would hope that Roberts suddenly grows a pair and recognize that the, the court's going to get this sooner or later one way or the other. And this is exactly the type of situation, and this is exactly the moment when the court should grow a pair and say, yes, this man falls into this realm. And what they're saying instead of what I'm hearing yesterday was, we don't want to touch it. We're afraid we might offend Donald. I'm adding that thought in, but that's obvious. We, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell Donald, said the three justices that were, I'm, I'm going I'm to decide that Donald can't run? Really? You know what that would do to me in Republicans? My God, you know, I'll, I'll have threats on my family. I'll have, I'll have threats on me. I'll be... I can't possibly do that. I have to find a way out. Somebody give me cover. Please, someone give me cover. Now, someone, please give me a pair. Please grow a pair. Please, all of you originalists and strict, strict constructionalists, for God's sake, do you see how abysmally ridiculous you look in basically trying to sidestep this entire thing? It's going to get to you one way or the other. But you have to, what you're saying in essence is, I want far more damage. I want this to be so damaging to the country before I'm forced to deal with it. Maybe I'll ignore it then too. 
and maybe I'll prove that the court is absolutely useless. The, I will prove that the court has no interest in interpreting and dealing with the application of the Constitution of the United States. They proved that to me yesterday from what I was hearing in the arguments. Let's see what it sounds like when the decision comes down. And let's see what... Uh, my goodness, let's see what David Bach has to say this morning about a whole bunch of stuff. I can't imagine he won't be talking about what we've been talking about this morning. Uh, deep breath, sit back, do a little yoga if you like in the interim here, if you, have, if you have a chance. Your mat's unwound. But if you can't relax that way, I would strongly suggest a little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You're listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz, and you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. You already know it's Friday. You already know someone's coming. To, you know. Now you're going to know some more. David, what's on your mind? Uh, well, thankfully, there's not a lot that's happening, but uh, if you <laughs> want to follow me, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at Face Ideas No. <laughs> Um, just, I, I, just, I, I take it I, I, that, that was done with, with such dry wit, I wasn't sure how to go with it, but what the hell. I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll say a few things anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, just, just very quickly, the uh, NBC did a, um, did a little bit of research, and they found 33 instances in which Chai Rachik, who runs uh, Lids of TikTok, has um, uh, gotten mad at a place like a school or a library or something else, a hospital, and then bomb threats came after it. Um, she proceeded to then get very upset that somebody called her out. Um, this is like the third article pointing something like this out, and it is worth mentioning not only is she a sarcastic terrorist, um, at no point has she ever like shown remorse or been like to cover her ass said don't do bomb threats like people like her and riley Gaines and matt walsh they're aware of the threats that come from the things they do um they don't care i i, uh, I, just, I, I 
David, I can't believe that there is, there must be, there is software, there's, I mean, there's AI, there's filtering stuff that's out there. I'm sure that something that would show up on, that would pass through TikTok on its way to being going out to the world or, or to all your subscribers, that their AI uh, filtering capabilities could easily intercept something that would have illegal or inappropriate content and shut it no, right down on the spot. The, to, to be clear, what what they're doing is she's taking things like rainbow flags or people being LGBTQ teachers and basically saying they're coming for your kids. Somebody should do something about it. That's what she's doing. Or well, in the case yeah, of, I mean, of, that... of the uh, the children's hospital, she's just straight up lying, and people respond to that with bomb threats. This, this uh, is this is sick shit, and 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 I'm afraid TikTok or whoever, whichever pla- whatever platform is doing this has to be able to filter this crap out. If you can get it out there, you could stop it before it gets out there. There's, I mean, if it's if it's having the effect it's having, then there has to be some kind of of of, of software, some some artificial intelligence software that can hear it and what its impact will be prior to it going out. In, on, on, on the public forum. I don't understand oh, I why don't this can't be done. I think it's a software issue. I think it's somebody sues her, similar to Alex Jones and the uh, uh, the Sandy Hook parents. I think that's what has to happen. Um, but are you saying TikTok is 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 complicit in this? No, 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 no. Let me let me rephrase that. Yeah, it's not a TikTok issue. It's a person issue. The person who runs the account called Libs of TikTok is Chai Rachik. She's doing this on purpose because she hates LGBTQ people and wants them to suffer. Okay, but TikTok is, is but there, but she's doing it on it's TikTok. Not, no, she's doing it on TikTok and she's doing it on um, on Twitter. It's not okay, a it's not right. a platform issue. It's a um, I'm doing terrorism and I don't feel any remorse for it. And until somebody stops me, I'm going to keep doing it. Well, okay. But, uh, I guess what I'm asking is, in your opinion, how should someone like her be stopped? It, you, it's not through an algorithm. It, it, you have to just either you have to uh, sue her into oblivion or throw her in jail because she is doing terrorism. You can tie the it's to cast terrorism. To your um, knowledge, to your knowledge, is either TikTok or Twitter taking her to task in any way? Oh no no no! no. Twitter's not going to take her for task. Elon Musk agrees with her. Um, oh dear God. Because uh, he's a, a racist anti-Semite who um, who just believes in every right-wing conspiracy now. Um, so there's that. Uh, it's also worth mentioning that they're not the only ones who are doing um, just like anti uh, – who are just pushing violence. Sean Hannity literally did a hate uh, – showed a hate crime live on air. Um, I don't know if you saw this. No, but, I did uh, not. Talking- no, 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 no. He was talking to, um, I think it was some guardian angels guy in Times Square, and then they just jumped the dude, and they thought he was a, uh, an illegal alien uh, in this in the country, and he just wasn't. They just jumped the dude, and Sean Hannity was like, "Oh, you got him. Good job." What? Um, <laughs> yeah, that what? was that was Am I here? Sean Hannity. And and so 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 he's watching someone be. Obviously, inappropriately and illegally, you know, assaulted, and he basically ends it off by saying, "Good job." To whoever I don't did the show. exactly what his response, but but it was pretty like, you know, that's that's okay. Whatever you did, basically. Um, oh my but that, god! Yeah, that's a, a a telling sign. Um, we have 
so much other stuff too. Uh, so Donald Trump lost his immunity case, which, yeah. to be fair, is safety for Donald Trump because his lawyer was arguing that Joe Biden could murder him. Um, so there's that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously he wasn't going to be immune. That would be an insane thing for the courts to um, to the courts to hold up that the president was just above the law. Um, and then it looks like he's probably going to stay on the ballots uh, from that case. And my, from what I've heard, it looks kind of like their argument is going to be the states don't have the right to bar you. No, but I, I, I went through a whole sec- a segment on this just before you came on air, David. I am, and again, legally disgusted with what I heard yesterday. One way or the other, this issue was going to get to the Supreme Court. And my question is, do you want to get it via a single state basically saying we find him to be uh, the guy that the third section of the 14th Amendment was talking about when they said insurrectionists can't be on or people who give aid and comfort to insurrectionists. Do you want to get it that way? Because it's going to come, or do you want to get it in an uglier way? Do you want to get it maybe uh, if it, it, we'll have another uh, session counting the ballots after after the election? Maybe Trump gets elected, and then the Congress decides, no, 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 he can't be that. It, w- when do you want to get this case here, Supreme Court? You got it in your lap, and it's going to get to you one way or the other. Now, grow a pair, the whole bunch of you, and simply say, read the Constitution and just make a decision. Is this the person they're talking about over here? And they just, I, what I listened to yesterday, I was, I was disgusted, punting, punting. Pun- no one even argued whether or not he was an insurrectionist. No one bothered with that. Yeah, that it was purely the, procedural. The other thing for this, like, like to be, so my from what I heard is his lawyer did a terrible job. But it is, it is. This is now the second case in a row where he. Um, uh, He's not arguing that he didn't do an insurrection. He's arguing that the law can't hold him accountable for it. Exactly. Exactly. And and from what I'm hearing, and the and and the six conservatives on the court basically are saying, and we don't want to touch this with a ten foot pole. Why? Well, and all of a sudden, you know, well, we're no we're no longer originalists. We're no longer strict constructionalists. We are no longer looking for every opportunity to take the precise language of the of the of the Constitution and take the exact intent that was there by the people who wrote that particular section or that amendment we no longer are interested in that we no want we no longer want to apply it we're no longer a supreme court we are basically a bunch of scared little shits basically who don't want to have to touch this we don't want our hands on this we're afraid of what donald might do and we're afraid of precisely what might happen in what you discussed in your first story about the type of crap that goes out on tiktok and uh and 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 twitter we're afraid of becoming the object of that that's what i'm hearing that's what i heard yesterday well all right well i i didn't think they were going to take him off the ballot um it just seemed like but that's not the point the, the point they... is they're supposed to right their obligation it, like, I mean, is to do that that's that's my right. argument your obligation is to you are the supreme court you deal with issues of constitutionality and here is a perfect constitutional issue and yes and the result of your saying that he fits in there means he's off the ballot it's no longer well then we'll let every state decide point by point again no you you generalize the question you answer the question for Colorado you agree with Colorado and the therefore is he cannot be on the ballot anywhere because that's what section 3 of the 14th amendment says but they don't have the balls well yeah 
Um, but it it is, you know, we're just going to beat him at the ballot box. Which uh, well, that's what's going to happen. What it happened the last yeah. time? Well, maybe not. He may go to prison. But um, that's the other. The last time he did try to go throw out the uh, the election, but it, I don't think they're going to take up the immunity case. I think the that ruling was was tight enough that they're just going to be like, nope, they're right. We don't need to bother with this. If they um, have if they have half a brain, it'll be the only way that they'll be able to deflect some of the fury that people like myself, lawyers like myself, would have towards what they did yesterday. Oh, now we're going to do something good, and we're, all we're going to do is agree with something that we couldn't possibly disagree with anyway. So we'll just basically not grant certiorari, and that'll be it. And, the st- and what, did, what happened in the appellate level becomes the final word on it. Namely, Donald has no immunity. Oh, wow, right. what a brave, brave move that'll be. Well, talking very quickly about people who don't have immunity, um, Joe Biden got a report uh, yesterday. It was the special counsel report on his handling. Of, oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We talked about that in the earlier section, too. It was it was a hit job. Yep. It was, it was. Like, like, to be clear, the difference between what Joe Biden did and Donald Trump did is pretty relevant. Um, Donald Trump, like, to, the reason Donald Trump is being charged with the classified documents is not because he had them. It's because he wouldn't give them back. Like, that's it. That, that's the difference. He, like, went out of his way to hide, to lie, Absolutely. to obfuscate. Absolutely. And, you know, like, the issue that came from the fact that both Joe Biden and um, Mike Pence had them is that they don't do a good enough job filtering this stuff when people are in office. Like, that's what comes down to it. Yep. Like, it wasn't malicious intent. It was there's too much information, and they have to do – the archives has to do a better and more thorough job of going through the possessions to make sure that they, they get everything. Which, 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 is that, which then reshifts the focus back to Trump and the absolute willfulness with which he took, withheld, lied about, facilitated, moralized, convinced people to work with him, told his lawyers to lie on and on and on and on. All the difference in the world between the two cases – well, the three – to Biden and Pence on one side and Trump on the other. Right. And so the reason this is a hit job is is twofold. So first he starts with, yeah, he, he maintained uh, – he, he didn't have the, the authority to have all these and he did it maliciously. Except then in the report it said, yeah, we have no evidence in which we could charge him. That's something. right. Now keep in mind – he said those things between the first and the 250th page. So it is possible he forgot, which is relevant, because the other quotes that you're going to get out of this is Joe Biden is considered too old to stand trial. Um, that's not the entirety of what he was arguing. What he was arguing was he basically wrote a 300-page paper saying, you know, here's all the, the whimsical ideas that I have about things, and maybe if we possibly brought him into court – Maybe he would, you know, give this this perception that he was an old man with a poor memory. It's not that the guy just said, yeah, yeah, no, he can't remember shit. It's He's like, he, this is my whimsical idea of what a, def- a potential defense might be in the case that I could have potentially found something criminal and brought him. Yeah. Like, it's not— not like it's the whole quote and the people who are just doing that quote aren't doing it justice. But it's there. Yeah. But but the quote is there. And of course, you expect the New York Post and others to take to run with it. And they're going to. But it is somewhere. If you had to list all the reasons why Joe Biden should not be 
prosecuted and is not criminally liable or is, is not guilty of any kind of criminal wrongdoing, that would probably be somewhere around five, six, or seven, or eight down the list. But of course, it's going to be shown as one. That's how, right. that's how the conservative media will be doing it. And, you know, the, I, I cannot believe, I, I'm sure the guy, he may have gotten the years wrong for when he was president. I sometimes forget when he was president. Time has lost all meaning since 2020. First off, every Republican has forgotten how time has worked because they keep forgetting when Joe Biden was president and when Donald Trump was president. <laughs> um, uh, like, yeah. they keep blaming him for things that happened in 2020 when he wasn't president. Um, or they keep mis- forgetting that 2020 happened entirely. Um, That's the other thing, uh, yeah. <laughs> but the idea that he, like, doesn't know stuff about when Bo died, that seems I mean, a little unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, but, uh, what was his name? Hue, is the, I, Hue, the guy who wrote the thing, he had a right under the special counsel regulation that we have right now. He had He had an obligation to do a report, and he had a right to give whatever reasons he wanted to give why why he, A, thought they should indict or not indict, and B, what he thought might have happened if they did, and, and, and just to put all of that in there. But in the end, the only reason we know any of this is because Merrick Garland released the full document. That's the only well, reason we know any I, of this. And I, and, I, and I think this is a mistake on their part. Um, they should have taken a, a page out of Bill Barr and Trump's book and offensively gone after this. Like they knew that was in there, and yeah, they should have yeah. said, um, they should have said no charges, but this prosecution takes um, uh, leaps um, of logic that do not, you know, do not paint the president in a light that is appropriate based on what his job was. They should have done something like that. Well, um, I, I would hope they do going forward. Well, at this, it doesn't matter. Um, it's out there. At yeah. this point, the damage is done. Yeah. Because yeah, then yeah. he went out and had a press conference where he just got yelled at by a whole bunch of people and he yelled back. And part of that press conference, he mixed up uh, the government, the president of uh, Mexico and Egypt. Now, I want to be clear about this thing because this is something like people are like, oh, Biden's too old. He can't remember shit. The things that he are mixing up is names. Like he's not – he, the the thing he was talking about was what was happening in Gaza. Like he wasn't mixing up the actual event. He just mixed some names. Like the event he's articulate about. Of course. Like it's not like he's forgetting. You know what he's talking about or um, important detail. It's a it's a name here and there. And if we're gonna if we're gonna lambast people, then I think Mike Johnson needs to resign immediately because on Sunday he forgot which uh, city or which uh, country we're giving aid to, whether it was Iran or Israel. And I'm told that Iran is one of our biggest enemies. So therefore, Mike Johnson needs to resign because he's fifty something years old and he can't remember anything. His brain is putty. Um, well, that, like, that that and the fact that he's he's even a worse speaker than. His predecessor. We're going to get to him, but like the idea that Joe Biden is melting because he has um, name gaps is just ridiculous. Like it's he's still more articulate and about actual information than than a lot of people. Like he, like yeah, he he looks old and sometimes he speaks funny, but he he's still like retaining information. It's not like he's forgetting information. Like half the time you see these videos online about him, it's like edited shit, of course, or or like out of context. Like they, they it's yeah, 
Is he the sharpest guy in the shed? No. Would I have preferred a different candidate? Yes. Is he still probably is he still going to be the Democratic option? Yes. Is he still more worth it than Trump? Absolutely. Trump tried to Beetlejuice Nikki Haley like two months ago. He <laughs> he forgot he forgot and I think this should be more important now. He forgot which woman they were talking about in his rape trial. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Let's let's not pretend that mixing up words means Joe Biden's brain is cooked. But this is an unforced error. And it's going to continue because now they're going to call Robert Orr in to, you know, talk about how uh, deranged Joe Biden is. Um, and the media is doing a bad job at, you know, pointing out the, the intricacies of this, um, which is fun. Uh, but speaking of things that, you know, were a political gift to Joe Biden, which may now fall by the wayside, um, the Republican Party saved, honestly saved him again. Um they did this in the Obama administration when they tried to cut uh, the Social Security. Right. And they did this today. So Joe Biden worked with Senator Lankford and gave the Republicans the most right-wing, hor- basically most horrific um, immigration bill you could possibly have. Everything it the Republicans a- could have ever wanted. The, the wish list. He gave them the wish list. He really did. It was an awful bill. They didn't they, – normally when you're doing – when they do um, – immigration uh, reform bills, there's some type of, oh, we'll give you more border security for a better pathway to citizenship or stuff like that. Right. None of that. They got a little bit more for um, asylum judges, but it would it would have strangled um, asylum seekers' uh, ability to seek asylum. It would have given the president, like, unprecedented power to close the border, which, again, isn't a thing. Um, it was an awful, awful right-wing bill. Yep. Um and the Republicans have been signaling for weeks, or at least two weeks, that they were going to kill this. And they did. Like, immediately they killed it. Uh, because Donald it was Trump a said, solution. No, to- it was a solution and the problem went away. Yeah. They need problems, it, not solutions. It's incredible. James Langford voted against the bill, I think. Did he, he actually, did he in the end vote against it? He may have voted for it. I don't know. It's not really. My God, the one that and he was on. He was on air every place promoting it and saying how great it was. They they came out so they killed the bill, and then they they uh, they try. They're going to pass, um, uh, just aid, straight up aid, just a straight aid packet to to Israel, um, Ukraine, and Taiwan. Now it is worth mentioning, and I think this is kind of important. That the thing that isn't getting talked about in the the Biden press conference is his response to Israel and Gaza and how Israel's attack is over the top, um, which is great that you keep saying things like this. Uh, it would be nice if some of the aid was then conditioned. Like, it doesn't matter if you're just going to be like, yeah, they're doing too much, but here's infinite weapons with no strings attached to keep doing it. Like, that is important. Um, yeah, yeah. You, 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 can't, um, you can't go that. You can't allow that to be the perceived message you can't you can't it's just uh. well that's not the perceived best that's the message she's doing yeah um yeah. And well that's the, what i mean and look, this is the most frustrating thing like the people who are, are fighting against him uh within the democratic party and if he loses this is on him and his administration not for these people is because of his support for israel in this it's uh it's not that he supports israel period it's that he supports them while they're they're like openly genociding and ethnic cleansing in Palestinians. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. This yeah. is not a, all oh, the Arabs wanted Donald Trump. It's Joe Biden's job to win voters. And he's not helping himself by doing this. 
Um, because other than that, it would just be like, oh, he's a little bit too old or, oh, he didn't do enough of the good things that I wanted. Um, that would be it would be a much easier time for people to vote for him if he was better on. This. David, I, I, um, I, I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. His job one is and must be between now and November's election. His job is to keep uh, to keep Donald Trump out of the White House. Everything else Everything else is secondary. Nothing else will matter if Trump gets back in. We will lose our democracy, and that's got to be number one. So I don't, I don't know how the Democrats put this together. I don't know how Biden works this out, how they message this going forward, how they make any changes in their foreign and domestic policies, whatever they have to do. But nothing, nothing matters if Trump gets back in. It's over. Game over. And I and I and I right. like you. And I wonder is this, is, is this point getting a, getting through? You know, it, it's to stop hugging BB. That's the answer. But um, the the other thing with this bill is they've now the Republicans have now gone into circular firing squad mode. Um, Tim Scott went on and said, "Yeah, we can't do um, we can't do uh, just regular aid without border security." But we had a border security bill that we basically wrote and we killed it, so we can't do aid for that. But we can't do border security because we can't do border security. Yeah. Um, Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham apparently came out and said like this was a bad bill. He was yelling Kirsten Sinema like this is a bad bill. You shouldn't have written this, even though his staffers were directly involved and he was directly involved in helping to write this. Like they have nothing, um, and this is compounded by the fact that the House, the House can't do shit. No. Like, this is not even – they can't even do their fake stuff. Like, they tried to impeach Mayorkas, and they failed at that. Like, they're going to try again, and maybe they'll get him this time. Um, but at this point, it doesn't – like, similar to the, the information from the special counsel being out, it doesn't matter. Like, you've already proven it's not a big deal. Um, yeah, yeah. That yeah, if yeah. it was a bigger deal, you would have been able to do it then. But you couldn't. So now it's just like, oh, you're looking like bigger idiots. And then they couldn't pass their their Israel funding. Good. Um, but I and I I was I've never been more sure about this. I think when the CR comes up again, they need to take a pound of flesh from them. He will not be able Mike Johnson cannot pass the CR without Democrat support. No. And I think it's time he actually starts paying for that. There needs to be some uh, part of the bill that is actually a Democratic priority, whether it's uh, restrictions to the aid, whether it's uh, passing just the child tax credit part of their tax credit bill. Um, there's something. There has to be some pound of flesh taken in for this because at this point, there's no reason to negotiate with them in good faith. They have no, no good no, faith. No, they, no there's um, not. They have no desire to govern. Um, if you want to be able to at least do the most basic part of your job and keep the government over – and you cannot do it because your party's a bunch of lunatics, well, you're going to have to hand over something. And I think that's the right way to do it. It's, it's, there's no reason to, to not play hardball with him. That, that, um, that, that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense, David. I, 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 I can't imagine that, there, that this isn't being thought through on the Democratic side right now. We're just not seeing the evidence of it yet because there's just so much idiocy and so much stupidity that seems to filter down so quickly. I, I, made a, I made a crazy argument that by Merrick Garland releasing uh, what he did with the, um, yesterday with the, with the document, the special counsel's document, he basically put an end to any argument that he 
was in cahoots with Joe Biden to uh, to witch hunt after Donald Trump because no one that was working in cahoots with Donald with Joe Biden would have ever 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 released that document. You know damn well that uh, Barr would have never ever released a document like that. And and he and he obviously what he did was when the when the when the uh, Mueller report was released he basically completely miscategorized it before it ever made it out in the press. And, no, and- no, no, no. You, you, you don't understand. Merrick Garland is still protecting Joe Biden because the report clearly said that Joe Biden did a crime and that the only reason we're not charging him is because he's too old and uh, adult-minded. And that's the, the – like you cannot you, – you, you have to do the right thing regardless of the fact that the Republicans are going to act in bad faith because they're always going to act in bad faith. They're, they're going to ignore the fact that David Weiss has serious prosecutional issues with his um, with his charging of uh, 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 Hunter Biden. Yeah. And yeah, the yeah, fact yeah. that uh, that Merrick Garland is now looking into Cory Bush, that they, uh, there's an investigation of Bob Mendes. They don't care about that. They're going to still scream and cry and work the refs because that's all they have is they're going to scream and cry and work the refs. It doesn't matter what the rest of the reality is. They're going to do it anyway. You still do the right thing irregardless. But the thing and and ultimately we have to just keep hoping or we have to keep pushing to get the Democratic messaging correct and hope that the majority of the American people recognize this crap for what it is coming out of the Republicans but once again, <laughs> uh, I, I guess that's uh, why uh, they play the games, and that's why our game uh, is played here on Fridays, you and I, uh, to keep it uh, to keep ourselves focused and and hopefully to educate a lot of other people in the process. David, where else can people hear you uh, speak? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Faces Ideas. Now. Okay, and they should. Uh, you're. You're you're a gift. You really are, man. Uh, I really appreciate your insight and your thoughts and and all of the years now that you that you've been with Center Left Radio and given us your Friday reports is uh, just really a wonderful thing. And I appreciate it so much. Um, I also appreciate everybody listening today. And uh, no, it's not going to get any easier between now and the election. It's just going to get uglier and nastier and crazier. But that doesn't mean. That doesn't mean, especially on a Friday, that we can't just sort of step back, chill out, uh, where's that mojito, and listen to a little more jazz.
You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. We are in the mess we're in for one reason and one reason only, politically, because the Republicans refused to deal with Donald Trump, to get rid of him, to jettison him at any number of opportunities along the way. And now the ugliness of what we have to deal with gets worse and worse moment by moment. There isn't the guts to handle it. No longer a question of doing the right thing. It's doing anything to pass the buck and hope someone else will take away our problem.